0: Welcome to the HR Insider Podcast, where we interview some of today's top HR reps and human resource experts. It's time to elevate your human resource mindset. Well, welcome to another episode of the HR Insider Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Mary LaRocca, uh, the Vice President of Global Business Development from Cornerstone Relocation Group. Mary, how are you doing today?
1: Good, how are you? Thanks so much for having me.
0: I'm doing great, doing great. Well, Mary, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Cornerstone and about your role there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Cornerstone Relocation Group is a global relocation management company. So we handle relocation for uh, companies who are moving people within the U.S. or internationally. I handle business development for the western region of the U.S. Um, and I've been here for about four months. So I've been in the industry for about 15 or 16 years and uh, newer to Cornerstone and just uh, sort of loving, uh, loving my new role and uh, the company itself. It's very family-oriented. Um was was started by a really um, amazing woman named Janelle. Uh, and she is kind of you know taken our our mission through the roof um, to to be a global company um and and to really be white glove boutique service. Everything's about employee experience. And I found that through the entire process of joining them um, and how we treat our employees that are moving and how we treat our clients. Everything's really about the employee experience and the experience that everyone feels. so it's it's been great so far.
0: I love that. I love that. That's fantastic. Well, I know that uh, when we talked offline, one of the things that you kind of talked about wanting to bring to the table today to discuss was uh, millennials and kind of the myths around millennials. Uh, why, Why is this a passion for you first?
1: Yeah, I think generations are incredibly interesting, and I think there's a lot of stereotypes that come along with generations, and some of them are good, and some of them are right for a reason, and some of them are totally wrong, and it's about, you know, finding out who the individual is. Um, but as a manager, when I used to manage teams, I always tried to read up on different generations because I always had different generations working for me and I never wanted to treat everyone the same. Um, I think that's a big mistake that people make is thinking one size fits all. Um, you know there's older generations that you know don't like to be recognized in large groups, so I would make sure to take the time to recognize them individually and that meant more to them than it might have meant to a millennial to be recognized in a group in front of people. so as as I started learning about different generations, um, I've done some uh, some some different things with it, written some articles, um, and I've I've had a few groups and a few corporate groups that have talked at some regional meetings about generational differences. So um, I'm the very beginning of the millennials, and I think they're rebranding my time frame. <laughs> There's a new a new a couple new articles recently that they're they're calling anyone who was. Who is born between 1977 and 1983 that they're calling us Xennials. So, sort of a mix of Generation X and Millennial and mixing it together. Um, and those are those of us that had an, an analog childhood and then an adulthood in the, in the digital world. So, so I guess now I have a new term uh, that I'm not sure if I'm adopting yet, but that's, but Xennial is, is the newest.
0: <laughs> I love that I love it. Yeah, I've, I've seen those articles as well I thought that was that was very interesting but I you know in reading them I kind of identified with uh you know how they categorized, uh you know those people in that in between generation if you will which I, I found fascinating so so Mary what what are some of the because millennial is almost like this uh disgusting term yeah, that's thrown negative. out <laughs> um but you've kind of you've identified some myths around millennials themselves that you have found to be true in your experience supervising them and then also because you do so much work with HR professionals in their experience as well. Do, do you mind kind of sharing some of those with us?
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think the first overriding one is that um, the biggest myth is that all millennials are alike. And, you know, it's pretty offensive, I think, to for people to just be grouped into one category, same as if, you know, when you group a certain race or religion or ethnicity, um, you know, everyone is unique and everybody has different things that contribute, you know, to who we are. We have our... Up- bringing our education, you know, the things that we like and dislike. So I think you have to try to find the individuality in each of us. And I think from an HR perspective, the biggest thing that you can look at is to take a look at your policy and think about having choice. So I could care less probably about being in temporary housing for 30 days, but I would rather you spend that money on making sure that my dog gets transported, you know, if I'm doing a move and, and trying to give me some choice for what makes sense to me. So I think when you can individualize a policy without going crazy, um, like to talk about this idea of perceived choice. So if you give someone three or four choices that your company is okay with providing, then whoever is making the choice feels like they're invested in that choice, but they didn't have you know, everybody needs rules and boundaries. So it's good to have some choice within your policy. Um, but just remember that, you know, somebody might want to just pack themselves up and move and why it might want to have an option to use that money, um, you know, towards pet sitting or, or some other thing. So try to find what's individual about the person and what's going to to make things important for them. I think that's a big thing that you know, can be done even from the recruiting stage um, over to the HR stage and then make sure that you pass that information on to your relocation management company so that they're aware kind of what the hot buttons or what's important to that person.
0: That's great, that's great. Is there, is there something else to, I mean, why is that Mary? Like why, why is that something that is a desire for this generation?
1: Yeah, I think everybody likes individuality and I think we're very, um I know I'm very open to speaking up about what I need. So I think in generations past, people were afraid to ask for what they wanted. And we've been told maybe to a fault that it's okay to ask for what you want. So we don't mind telling you, hey, this is what makes me happy. And this is what's going to really annoy me. Um, I do that when I'm shopping and I go into a store and I like when people leave me alone a little bit and ask me if I need help, but I don't want someone following me around and, um, (laughs) you know, looking over my shoulder. And and some people might think that that's great customer service, but that just doesn't ring true to me. So I think individual Duality in those in this generation and in the next one coming up is going to be really key um, because one size does not fit all for sure. And, and we're kind of used to having choices and and not having any choice in a in a relocation policy. Um, you know, makes you feel like you're being branded as as not an individual.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's good. So, um, what what else? What what are some other myths around millennials?
1: Yeah, I think um, we have social interaction issues. I think that's one that I hear all the time, that everybody is more comfortable you know, sitting behind a computer and having a discussion than they are, um, you know, having a phone call face-to-face. Um, I, I find even for myself as a, as a salesperson in business development, um, I tend to get better response when I'm um, talking to someone through LinkedIn because they can see who I am and they can learn a little bit about me than I do if I just make a phone call and, and leave a message for them and they don't know, you know, who I am from the next person. So, I think from an HR perspective, um, it... it, it it makes it easier um, if you know a little bit about the person that you're working with, um, a little bit about what makes them tick. Uh, it's totally okay to, to Google us. It's totally fine to look up on LinkedIn and see where we went to college. Um, I love um, the organizations that will post who's coming to a regional meeting ahead of time because sometimes I'll like to look up on LinkedIn and find some things that we have in common. We like to find um, commonalities because I think it makes our big world feel a little bit smaller. Um, so, you know, when you're having a relocation program, maybe thinking about things like like shared housing um, or doing social outings that have a purpose. Um, we recently, here in Arizona, um, went out on a uh, to a food bank and um, you know handled giving out food to the to people who needed it in the, the Phoenix community um, and things like that that help make people feel connected um, and and make our world feel a little smaller. I think are, are super important.
0: Yeah, as a, as a millennial myself, I think that that's absolutely right, Mary. And, you know, I guess a, a follow-up question to this would be, uh, you know, those, those social interaction issues, you know, <laughs> it seems like it's a projection or maybe an amplification of specific individuals. But is, could it also be this, Mary, that uh, perhaps the millennial generation is more in tune with themselves than uh, possibly current generations that are still in the workforce.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a great point, point. Um, and that kind of brings me to to my next myth, and that's that we have no loyalty. Um, and this is my favorite one because I think it couldn't be farther from the truth. I, we pride, I think, ourselves. I pride myself on on loyalty and friendship. I like love getting an expert opinion on things. So um, we'll talk about that in another myth. Um, but loyalty and trust are really important. I think the difference is that we count our number one loyalty as the loyalty that we have to ourselves. Um, so I think sometimes it's mistaken as selfishness. And, and maybe it could be sometimes. Um, but I think, you know, knowing that, that the only person who can make you happy is you is kind of what drives, I don't know about you, but drives my career. Um, and from an HR perspective, think about what's important to the person that you are managing or the person that you're bringing on. Um, for me, I really love, um, blogging and I love writing. And so, um, Cornerstone was, was one of the reasons that I chose Cornerstone was their ability to let me be creative and to let me have some, some times where I could blog and write. And that meant more to me in some ways than, you know, a little bit of extra money, um, because those are the things that kind of make us happy. So I think, um, loyalty and and being loyal to yourself and to the process and making yourself happy and loyalty is, is much different than loyalty to a big company or a big manager um, and i think that's what some of the past generations have thought of loyalty as.
0: man i think that's a great i think that's such a good observation mary because i feel like it's not uh it's not a lack of loyalty to uh, the, company, the company necessarily. I think it's more about companies adapting to uh, a generation that has different desires. And to your point, a generation that wants to be loyal to themselves. And so there's a way to keep those people around by, and, and Cornerstone's a good example, uh, allowing you the the opportunity to do something that is uh, that you love, that you uh, fully embrace, and that brings you life and keeps you engaged and I think that it what we're really asking is is not to be more difficult uh with the millennial generation it seems to me like in in your first three myths here uh and just kind of based off your my conversation offline it seems like it's not that millennials are more difficult it's that they're asking different questions than previous generations which is causing Mm -hmm. consternation because Now you have a problem that you've never had to fix before, which really isn't a problem. In fact, there are some really beautiful things about the millennial generation. It's just now you have to figure out how to engage with them in a different way than previous generations.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a really great point, and I think for for the HR community, just ask the question. Ask you know each person on your team or the person that you're moving. You know, what is it that that's important to you? Um, if you have a team, have you asked about you know maybe are you interested in rotational responsibilities, um, or do you like doing big projects? Could we put you on a project that might make you feel like you're connected to something a little bit more than you know what you're doing on a day to day basis? I think millennials are really open, as I said before, just ask us and we'll tell you exactly what we need um and sometimes people just don't want to ask a question and i think you're missing out on an opportunity to really make someone feel loyal and feel connected and and we do that by being passionate about things i think
0: yeah oh man i love that i love that okay what's 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 the next one what's the next one
1: yeah, so just a couple more, um, ones that, that I've thought of, and I know there's probably plenty more, um, and, and maybe we'll do sort of a follow-up article to this one. Um, but one is that we can't take ownership. So, um, you know, I think our generation and even the generation that comes behind us. So that, that next generation, that's I think like the mid 1990s and later is, is generation Z. That's the name, you know, for that generation, we're kind of all about a shared economy. So, you know, I want to have things, but only when it makes sense. I don't want to spend, you know, thousands of dollars on a purse when I can rent one um, and just use it for the season, or I can rent something that I'm going to use for, you know, going out for an afternoon, um, same thing with houses and cars. If you want a super expensive car that you're only going to be able to drive, you know, once every, you know, other weekend, then what's the point of that? Why don't you just go out and rent something that you need or, um, you know, Airbnb it to a, a place in, in France where you can, you know, have all of the comforts of home, but not something that you have to, you know, kind of upkeep. So I think the ownership thing is a little bit of a myth. Um, because you know we want to have things that are shared we want to be able to put things into a bin and say okay i need this for here but i'd like someone else to be able to use it while i'm not i think it's about not having as much waste and and things like that i'm not sure from your opinion if you've got any other thoughts around it um, but i think that's where that kind of drives from is why waste something and have something just sit there when we're not using it when someone else could
0: yeah and i think that this is why uh you know i think You're spot on. I think this is why people are are freaking out, if you will, because millennials aren't buying houses as quickly as as an example. Mm -hmm. Uh, And part of that is we've got more student debt than previous generations. But I also think that there's this thing where uh, just the way that millennials have come up in the economy is we, a lot of our, the things that we love, that we cherish are subscription based and we can turn them on and turn them off when and where we need them. I mean, you look at Netflix, Netflix is driven by millennials and uh, so Mm -hmm. is Hulu and so is a bunch of all those subscription based TV models. I mean, who would have thought uh, 20 years ago that we would have cable TV becoming less and less of a thing and online subscriptions to essentially cable TV uh, be the next move and so not only that, it's not locked in for a year or two years. It's month to month. I mean, we're even seeing that with cell phone companies. They're saying, "Hey, listen, yeah. no long term contracts." And so, there's something too. I think for you know millennials, we we saw our parents and grandparents uh, live a life where they had the white picket fence, perhaps they had the they had the job that they they had forever. They Uh, you know, kind of stayed in one location, and they weren't satisfied. And we're uh, the millennial generation is more about accumulating experiences rather than stuff. So that's why social media is so huge. What, What do you see on Instagram, people go on these trips, and they're Instagramming the whole time they're taking snaps They're Because it's more about really experiencing something different going and backpacking Europe for two weeks, instead of, you know, owning the house and owning the boat and owning the vacation house. And it's like, no, I want to be able to go and do what I want when I want. And I have the financial freedom to do that. So let me let me go do those things. So, yeah, I think that you're spot on, Mary. Like, I I think that that's absolutely I think you're absolutely right.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a great way to put it. We're about experience and not about what we've accumulated. I think that's the, the perfect way to put it. Um, And I think from an HR perspective, think about the experience that you can give an employee. Is there something, again, you know, we kind of tie back to what we're passionate about or what makes us tick. Um, Is there an experience that you can give that employee that might make them be able to stay with the company longer? Is there an assignment overseas that they could go for three months um, because they don't have all of the things that might tie them back home in the U.S.? Can you send them over, you know, to Dubai or somewhere else for a three-month assignment um, and give them that experience? that that you know will create what they need versus you know giving them like I said not that no one not that we don't like money I don't want to say that I mean everybody loves it right we all need it but there's things beyond money that are what you know, and, and beyond, you know, tangible things that we need the experiences that, so I would say from an HR perspective, just keep those in mind and think about, um, how can you, you know, make an experience for someone or, or how can you give them the thing that they're, that they're needing? Because that's what gets you the loyalty, uh, and, and everything else that I think people are looking for.
0: Yeah. It's that point, Mary, actually, I, I know of a, n- a number of companies now that when they give, uh, a prospective employee, someone that they're offering employment to, they actually give when they when they show them their their package, their compensation package, they're including their experiences in their compensation package. So they're saying something like, you know, you're going to have this posi- uh, digital marketing position straight out of college. It's going to pay you forty two thousand dollars a year. You're going to have health insurance that's worth six thousand dollars, and this is key. We're going to give you experiences here and training here that are worth an additional $12,000 a year to you because we believe that where you work is also where you're going to play. It's also where you're going to make friendships. It's a, And so they're including that in their compensation, which I think is really, really valuable to that prospective employee because now all of a sudden they understand, oh, my goodness, this isn't just – about me getting paid and, and receiving things that are uh, very tangible in the sense that I get to look at my bank account and see how much that costs. There's also going to be mm-hmm. outings that we take as a staff. There's going to be, you know, uh, you know, I know a yeah, lot of companies uh, now that are doing uh, open coffee bars. They're doing uh, actually open bars on Friday afternoons, mm-hmm. or they're having a cookie yeah. cart that comes by at four p.m. Whatever they're doing, different yeah. things that are like these, uh, you know, kind of add-ons. Or they're doing, uh, you know, full company uh, vacations if they hit their sales marks every year because everyone yeah. in the company is pulling in the same direction. And so when they give them that compensation package, they're talking about that. And it seems like that's moving the dial for them to get better talent, which is a very different compensation model than previously thought of in, in, in former generations. So, Yeah fascinating.
1: Yeah. And, and like you said people just don't know what questions to ask or don't know how to solve a problem or it's a you know it's a new problem um, but there's things that companies have that they they probably you know don't bring out to light until someone needs it like a lot of EAP programs if you brought that to light at the beginning in a package and said hey we have you know this much um, that you can you know use for therapy and we have you know lifestyle coaches that could help you if you decided that you wanted to stop smoking or um, you know a B or C or if you wanted to get fit and you know work on running a 5K. Most companies, EAP programs will do all of those things, but before it was something that people didn't talk about. So you didn't want to know if somebody was, you know, going to therapy or if someone was personally working on something, people kept that to themselves. Whereas I think now those are the things that make a difference to people. And a lot of companies already have these things. It's not extra money that, you know, you're adding on a new feature or something else. It's just talking about them in a different way or showing them in a different light um, and making people sort of feel like you're caring about, about them not just as a person or not just as an employee but as a person as a whole.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So Mary, what's that last yes. myth that you wanna you wanna cover?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the last myth is that we can't make quick decisions. And I think this kind of revolves around all of the technology that's out there now for us to be able to research and, and comparison shop. I almost never purchase a big item without researching or giving feedback for customers. Um, my, my favorite one, I really like to travel. You, you know, kind of hit the nail on the head there that we're about experiences. I love to travel and I want to always try to get a good deal. Um, So, you know, when people say, oh, you know, we have easy access to the beach, I want to look at what people have said. Does that really mean that you can just, you know, walk out your door and there's a private path to the beach? Or does that mean that you have to take a bus, you know, across like, you know, this horrible construction or whatever and then get to the beach? So I always see what other people, you know, have have given feedback. And, you know, we take the good and the bad. So, you know, when you're reading a review that's just from someone crazy and you can kind of say, okay, you know, we know that person probably just had their own issue around the experiences, but you also look for the amount of, of, like how many good versus how many bad. So I think we just like to make sure that we're um, doing enough research ahead of time before we're making decisions. So, you know, uh, procurement uh, is a big thing in, in relocation um, before HR, you know, person, somebody would know someone at another company and then they pick their relocation management company just based off of relationships. Um, and now we have procurement, you know, that definitely has a seat at the table and procurement is coming in and doing a lot of research ahead of time. So, for companies, um, you know, I think it's a good idea to take a look at yourself online, research yourself and see what impression you're giving. I think it's, it's amusing how many people say that, you know, they're really all about, um, you know, diversity or things like that. And then you take a look at their senior leadership page and it's all white males. So, you know, if someone's researching that and you say you're diverse and then you look at, you know, what they have online, how do those things match up? So um I think people are doing a lot more research than they were in the past. And as procurement becomes more, you know, of a, of a bigger thing and how people buy and, and buying, you know, smart um the next generation generation z um they're really going to be all about bargains they grew up you know kind of in an ebay world and you know being able to comparison shop and and look for things you know on amazon so i think we're going to see that as it comes into to things from an hr perspective as well because you know now we have professional buyers who are here to do the research and do all of those things so i would say just you know take a fresh look at yourself Um, from an outside point of view. And and if you're trying to portray something, make sure that that's really what's coming across um, from a technology standpoint, because that's where everyone's going to go first to look.
0: Yeah. So I I think that this is a really helpful conversation around brand. And, you know, a lot of times we think about our brand in the sense of possible customers or clients engaging with us. And, And you bring up a a point that hr people think about all the time mary which is well how do we look to potential employees you know and and the way that i like to define brand it's in its simplest terms is it's a desired perception right so what's the desired perception that you have for a prospective employee for a prospective client customer what have you and that's actually vital to your point and i think that we you know It's not that millennials can't make quick decisions. In fact, I would even say to your point, millennials probably make faster decisions than other generations uh, in the way that we'll see if we see a poor digital presence, poor website, poor social media, we almost will disqualify that company faster uh, and say, Mm -hmm. you know what? Honestly, I can't work for a company that looks like that online. Yeah. No, I think
1: that's great. And I, you know, I, I think kind of overall, um, you know, trying to find the individuality in in people. And we've talked about that, you know, a bit about what, what each of us, you know, what you and I are looking for as millennials, what someone else, you know, who's in a generation X or, um, you know, the next generation Z, um, rather than grouping everybody together. It's good to have those stereotypes, I think, in a way, because it helps us get an idea of kind of what to expect and how to handle it. But um, find the individuality in every person, because I think from an HR perspective, you really can find real connections um and real loyalty when you find out what's important to that person and what makes them an individual
0: yeah i totally agree totally agree all right mary well let's move to our rapid fire question series you ready
1: okay i'm i'm i think i'm ready
0: (laughs) we'll see (laughs) all right so what is the best advice you've ever received
1: Okay, so um, I'm, a, I'm a practicing yogi. So I, I, I practice yoga a few times a week. Um, and when I first started yoga about seven years ago, I have this amazing teacher that I actually still practice with today. Um, and she said that you have to put your own, uh, you know, when you're in the airplane, and they always say, put your mask on first before you help someone else. Um, you can't help anyone else if you can't breathe. So I've always tried to take that as a motto, take care of yourself. If you need the time, take the time that you need for yourself, take the minute that you need um, for yourself before you try to take care of everybody else because you can't help anybody if you can't breathe. And that's kind of become my, my life's motto. I
0: love it. I love it. That's a great one. That's a great one. All right. What yeah. is what is uh, the best book that you've read recently?
1: Ooh, Okay. So I have to give a shameless plug to my, my brother, uh, Anthony Laraca here. He has a, a new book that's coming out. Um, and so I just finished rereading his, his old one. He has a, a, a trilogy that's come out and his first book was called the lives of the sage. Um, and debris of shadows is the whole, is what the, the whole trilogy is called. Um, and then his new one is called the forgotten cathedral. So there's the shameless plug for my brother. Um, but I'm really excited to read it and it's, it's a sci-fi, um, sort of fantasy and um it's about someone who has uh there's a certain amount of of paint and when you paint something with uh with this specific paint um things come to life a bit so it's it's pretty interesting um but i'm excited for his next one to come out and uh it's great to have a a writer in the family uh and he thinks of things that i just could never think of so um super excited about
0: that that's awesome that's awesome i love that yeah all right, so, uh, Mary, what are you spending too much time doing right now?
1: Oh, conference calls. I think conference calls are like the the, the be-all, end-all of things that I can't stand because it's just a lot of people talking over each other. Um, I don't know if you have ever watched that clip. There's a conference call in real life, and it's just a bunch of people in a room, and every time somebody gets kicked off the line, the person ends up being outside and talking to the door. And every time somebody else starts talking to their dog, starts barking over them, um, you know, I think it's great. And we all try to, you know, have time for each other. And we want to make sure everybody's getting the same message at the same time. I'm a much bigger fan of video conferences because you can multitask so easily when you're on a conference call and you can't when you're on a video conference. I think you can kind of see and get cues from people as to who's trying to talk or say something. Um, And that's really what's missed on a conference call. Um, So I would say take the conference call away and do more video calls, as annoying as that might be for some people, um, because it's just, I don't know, it just seems like there's a lot of time wasted waiting for people or speaking over each other.
0: Totally, totally agree with that one, actually. So yeah, (laughs) okay, awesome. All right, so what do you need to spend more time doing?
1: Um, I think balance trying to find balance in a busy day. Um, I'm I'm newer to working from home um, in the last four months. And the, the funny thing is, is that working from home, I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, just constantly working because there's no distractions. And so it's really nice sometimes, but at other times I would love to take a break. So I've started putting on a timer and reminding myself to just get up and walk around or, um, you know, take five minutes and meditate, uh, during the day, you know, in the morning and in, in the afternoon to just remind myself that everything's about balance. Um, and so I think balance. A lot of us could probably use more balance, and a lot of us would, would get some good things out of it. Um, so I think just just across the board balance.
0: Awesome, awesome. I love that. All right, yeah. last last question. What are you most excited about in the coming months in your business?
1: Yeah, I think um, you know we kind of hit on technology before. And I think technology is just, you know, something that's an ever-changing thing that everyone, you know, is always trying to keep up with. I think having technology for the sake of technology is is kind of a waste. You want to make sure that you have technology that's useful. You want to make sure that you have technology that, um, you know, is is adding to something. And I think um, data analytics and reporting are going to be kind of the next buzzword or um, the thing that we all are talking about, I'm sure from an HR perspective and also from a relocation standpoint, Um, we all want to know, okay, we have all of this data and it's great. And I think, you know, years before it was like, okay, get me this report, but then what does the report mean? So I think at Cornerstone, one of the things that we try to do a really good job of is trying to figure out how to help you analyze the data. So, okay, you moved these people um, last year because this happened in the company. So where where do we think you're going to be going? next year. Um, how do we help you kind of systematically monitor things um, and use that data better? So I think that analytics is a sort of a fun topic um, and I, I think one that, that I'm excited about and, and something that I think that, that we do really well.
0: That's awesome. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, Mary, um, thank you so much for taking the time to stop by and kind of share some of your insights. Uh, if people wanted to t- check out more about Cornerstone or they wanted to connect with you, how would they do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they're welcome to do a little research um, on us on the website. Um, we're at www. CRG global.com. So cornerstone relocation group, CRG global.com. Um, or people, you know, can feel free to reach out and contact me directly. Um, if that's something that they're interested in, uh, whatever, whatever works. Um, my cell is, uh, 949-371-3236, or my email address is MLaraca at CRG global.com.
0: Awesome. Well, Mary, thanks again. And I really appreciate all the insight that you gave us today.
1: Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. And I feel like we could talk about millennials for hours. So it's good that we had a specific time frame.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I agree. I, I, I'm passionate about it as well. And uh, I can definitely tell that you're passionate about it, too. So thanks so much.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks again for having me.